Have you ever had something happen to you where someone really wanted to do you harm, but it was turned by God to great good? I had something like that happen in my life. A man became angry with me, and he turned me in to the IRS, Internal Revenue Service in the United States, for them to audit me for suspicion of tax evasion. I was shocked when I got the notice. I didn't take but $400 a month for salary during those years. When the two tax auditors arrived at my house, the man and a woman, the man rang the doorbell. I went to the door, and he said, Joe Jones? And I said, No, I'm Joan Boney. And he was very embarrassed. The man whom he named was apparently listed under my name on the IRS papers, and I knew immediately this is the name of the man who turned me in. He had been a builder and designer, and his father and brother had worked on both of my houses. I knew he turned me in. And this IRS man was so embarrassed at what he had done. I invited the two agents into my house, and I said, Now, if you find anything wrong, it's simply an error. You can take all of my council checks for the ministry as well as for myself. And the IRS woman was really shocked. And she said, did you hear that? She said we could take all of her canceled checks. I called them about two weeks later and said, well, did you find anything wrong? And he said, no, no, he said I didn't. And he implied there was just nothing wrong with my tax reporting. He said, there is one thing I want to talk to you about. He said, you're... Ministry has not been paying Social Security tax for you. That means you won't get any Social Security when you retire and you won't get any Medicare benefits. And I said, well, when we started the ministry, it was 10 years before that. When we started the ministry, we didn't have any money. So... I signed a vow of poverty. And my tax man was a former IRS agent, and he set up all the tax papers for ministries in that area. And he set up the papers for me, and he didn't want me to do this. He said, don't you realize that if you sign this vow of poverty, you'll never be able to go back into the Social Security program, and you'll never have Medicare which is the United States hospitalization plan. And I said, no, I'm signing it because we can't afford to pay 
any money for me. And this tax agent said, well, somehow it never got filed with the IRS. So if you want to go back into your Social Security program now, you can do so. You can buy back in. You can pay $8,000 and buy back in. I said, oh, yes, I would like to do that. Because now, not only did the ministry have money, I was living in a house with my mother, and I had access to my dad's money. He had died and left it to us. So I was able to pay the $8,000. This became very important because when I reached 62, they began giving me Social Security checks for $500 a month. Well, with that $500 a month, I could pay for my personal needs and didn't have to take a salary from the ministry, and I never took a salary after that. So it really worked for my benefit. Several years later, I fell and broke a hip, and of course that would have been thousands of dollars if I had not had Medicare. And then another 10 years later, I broke that same hip again by a fall, and it would have been a huge amount of money because I had to spend two and a half months in assisted living. I've often thought of what a benefit that man ended up doing me by the evil he intended to do against me. For I wouldn't have known that I could buy back in if it hadn't been for this situation. This is exactly what Joseph experienced, except far more severe than what I experienced. His brothers meant what they did for evil against Joseph. But God kept turning everything for good. And everywhere Joseph went, the evil intended against him was such that he rose to the top. He even ended up being second in charge of the entire nation of Egypt and thereby ended up saving the nation of Israel during a famine because Joseph was in charge of all the grain. This is a great story. I, I think it's one of my favorite stories in the entire Old Testament because God keeps turning everything for good in Joseph's life. The brothers of Joseph hated him. Genesis 37. Now Israel, the father, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. And Joseph dreamed a dream. 
Dreams are from God. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9, And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren. And said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. Behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee? God was showing Joseph what would happen in the future, that they would come where he was ruler and bow down themselves to Joseph and he would save their lives. Verse 11, And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Genesis 37, verse 12, And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brothers feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And the father said to Joseph, Go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. Genesis thirty-seven eighteen. And when the brothers saw him afar off, even before he came, near unto them. They conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, the dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard this. Reuben was one of the brothers. And he delivered Joseph out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto the brothers, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him. Because Reuben wanted to ridge 
Joseph out of their hands to deliver him back to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat of many colors. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread. This was so cruel. Here they put their brother, who was only 17 years old at that time, they put him into a pit out in the desert, and they sat down to eat and drink and gave him no food and no water. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spices and balm and myrrh and going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brother, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content with the plan. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. At that time, he's 17 years old. He has only the clothes on his back, and he's sold as a slave to the house of Potiphar, who is the captain of Pharaoh. Now, Reuben was planning to go back and get Joseph out of the pit and return him to his father. But when he got there, Joseph was not there. Genesis 37, verse 29. And Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. He was genuinely sorry. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not. And I, whither shall I go? The brothers had no thought for the way these actions would affect their father. Not only the evil had they done against Joseph, but what it would do to their father when Joseph did not return. Genesis 37, verse 31. And they took Joseph's coat, the coat of many colors, and killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father, and said, This have we found. Now, 
we don't know whether it be thy son's coat or no. And the father knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent into pieces. And they allowed him to think that when they knew better. Verse 34. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. Verse 35. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down unto the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. The brothers meant what they did against Joseph for evil, but God is going to turn it for good. Over and over during the subsequent stories of Joseph, evil was done against him, but God caused Joseph each time to rise to the top. God was with Joseph. And in this miracle story, God ended up saving the nation of Israel from great famine by making Joseph second in command in Egypt. And Joseph was in charge of all of the grain that was distributed in Egypt. And as the different nations came to buy grain during the famine, seven-year famine, as different nations came to buy grain, they had to go to Joseph to buy the grain. And the children of Israel came down to Egypt. The same brothers that sold Joseph into slavery they had to come to Joseph to buy grain. Now, I've already told you what happened to me when the man who was against me turned me into IRS trying to do me harm. But it ended up being turned for good because not only did it spare the ministry having to pay me any money for my living, I used the money from the Social Security to pay for my expenses, personal expenses. So it benefited me, it benefited the ministry. And then later, when I grew older and was injured and had broken a hip, I got to receive Medicare benefits, which is hospitalization. So everything that had been done against me for evil worked together for good. This story of Joseph, as well as the story of the evil done against me, both of those stories are the fulfillment of Romans 8, 28. 
And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I have so often heard this scripture misquoted in movies and things of this world. We know all things work together for good. No, they work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to God's purpose. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.